Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series for mortgage brokers. I'm Phil Spencer. You may know me from a certain TV property programme. What you might not know is that I trained as a surveyor and launched and ran one of the UK's first ever property search companies. In this series, I'll be using my experience to get to the heart of the biggest issues in mortgage broking. You'll hear from industry leaders, brokers, as well as Barclays' own in-house experts. We'll share insight and expertise to help you navigate the challenges, the changes and the opportunities that lie ahead for intermediaries in 2023. The FCA has described the introduction of consumer duty as creating a paradigm shift in what it expects from firms. And from the end of July this year, all brokers will need to implement consumer duty. So what should they be doing now? To find out, I'm joined by Richard Merritt, who's Director of Strategic Relationships at the Mortgage Club, Simply Biz Mortgages, and by Melanie Spencer, Head of Payment and Mortgage Services at Finova. Finova's a mortgage technology platform and is also a mortgage club. Well, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Um, can we kick off outlining what consumer duty actually means for brokers and how they do their job day to day? What's What's going to change, Melanie? I think for a broker, it's about putting themselves in those customer shoes. So understanding their customers, really focusing on that good customer outcome. Mm -hmm. So we take it back to what are those four principles? We've got products and services, which looks at the market that they're targeting. Mm -hmm. Think about price and value. So price versus the benefits. Consumer understanding. So do they actually understand it? Um, are they informed correctly? Mm-hmm. And consumer support as well. So that ongoing support that they're getting from those brokers. So those are the four principles of consumer duty. Yes, correct. That's, yes. What, that's what everybody's going to be aiming for. And, and when does it come into force? So 31st of July right. this year. So there's still some time left. I think brokers may be either on track or some might think, well, I don't need to do anything at all. So from a, a broker perspective, it's thinking about what do I need to do? And it's a fairly major regulatory change, isn't it, Richard? I and mean, this, is, this, is, this is quite important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, to Mel's point, if a broker is doing nothing at all, they're doing it wrong. I bet there's loads of them out there thinking, I've got this nailed already. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm doing it. I'm delivering it. And that, yeah, they, they will have all done a phenomenal job over the last period of time. But this is about the point um, across all four of those rules is that good consumer outcomes and financial decisions are now more important than ever. And we've gone from an incredibly benign market to one that is become increasingly complex. Yeah. Um, a lot of firms will be doing the right things. But this is an opportunity to look at every stage of how they engage with customers, how they advise, how they follow up and what they do post-sale and look at where they can do better. It, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it's obviously it's a very complicated topic um, and it's, it's vital that consumers understand what they're getting into because it, it's a big call. It's a big decision. But, but isn't it relatively subjective? how much they understand and whether things are, you know, it is, it's, how can you identify whether someone is, has really grasped what you're explaining? So I think there you have to ask appropriate and sufficient questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, to the consumer understanding, 
Um, we've gone from a very benign market over the last period of time where interest rates have been low and flat. Yeah. Um, most people yeah. have sat in front of an advisor and said, I want a five-year fixed rate. Yeah. Um, and then now we're in a much more complicated space, particularly from an interest rate perspective. Um, so I think it's about probing and gauging that someone really understands the the, the context, the backdrop of, of, of the market that we sit on. Mm -hmm. um, a, a broker isn't necessarily going to have all the answers. Most economists don't have all the answers. No. Um, so it's being able to present a balanced view of the options, the potential impacts of the choice that they are assisting a consumer to make, but making sure that they follow through and gauge that level of understanding okay so so the emphasis or the burden of compliance is very much on the broker now to follow this these this set of guidelines yeah but they're more than guidelines they're rules yeah and i think also it comes down to evidence as well so we might be sitting here thinking i do all this already yes but how can you as a firm or a broker evidence what you're doing and also the how are you delivering these messages to that consumer as well? Um, we talk about how customers actually um, receive and digest that information. Mm -hmm. So there could be different ways to do that. So currently today, are you seeing your customers face-to-face? -face? Are you doing it on Teams? Are you doing it on Zoom? Yeah. What paperwork are you issuing? Do they understand that paperwork? What is it that that, that customers get and then do they actually understand it as well? Okay. Yeah. To, to that point, some some customers prefer to sit down and read through everything and go through the small print. Yeah. Others just want to have a nice, simple update verbally. Um, so it's that, you, back to that point of gauging their understanding. You know, how, how do you want me to relay this yes. information to you? And you probably should okay. be doing You probably should be doing both. I was going to say, but, if but, I wanted just a quick update over the phone, that's, that's not going to fulfill your obligations. No, that's, it? That's, that's fine for the explanation and to gauge the understanding yeah. as long as they have followed up with all the requisite paperwork okay. in writing as well. I was going to ask, how would a client's experience change? Is It's in better quality information, more information, better quality of service, care? How, how, how do you think the... That the clients will will feel things are different post is it July? Yeah, I think the clients should be feeling more that they're getting a service, and I think this comes down to brokers will possibly charging customers for their services. So I think that's a key part of consumer duty as well is thinking about the charging structures mm. that are set in place. Is it fair? And also what is the customer getting um, from their services? Yeah. So it shouldn't be just about speaking to a customer to do that mortgage today. It's understanding the impact of that customer going forward and mm. that things do change on a circumstance basis for the customers and how often is that broker checking in with that customer okay, okay. how often are they revisiting them yeah and really keeping that communication open so that customer can then feel like they're being um yeah. looked yeah. after by that broker firm i mean it sounds excellent news and and, and should it, there'll be a significant shift in 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 culture and behaviour across the industry, which is great news for for the customer, for the consumer. Just turning to brokers, what do they need to be doing in the next couple of months? It depends what where they are on their journey on consumer duty today. So I think when I've spoken to a couple of brokers um, recently, and whether they're part of a network or they're directly authorised, there's very much a different opinion on how much they should be doing. So, for instance, speaking to one broker as part of a network feels that there's no need to do anything okay. because their network should be looking after it and they should be 
told what they are doing or it's false part of their processes okay. within the network compliance manuals. I sense that's incorrect, is it? <laughs> yeah, and I think that the, um, brokers probably need to understand that it's actually the onus and responsibility is on that firm. Yeah. So have they thought internally going, have they got a consumer duty champion within their business? If it's a large business, they might have that. If they're just, a, you know, maybe a smaller business where it's sole trader or two to three brokers, mm-hmm. what experience do you have? And then taking it to the next level of, well, what is it that we do today that possibly we might need to change or put a plan mm. in place? Have they got a plan? That's mm. a big question. And if they haven't got a plan, what support do you need? And this is where um, mortgage clubs will come into a play here, where they say, can, can offer. Can they get help? Absolutely. Can they get help building that plan? Yeah. So I think to to Mel's point, first and foremost, if you're doing nothing, you're doing it wrong. Right. Um, for me, the whole process of buying a property, getting a mortgage, mm-hmm. purchase or remortgage over the last period of time for consumers probably hasn't always been a nice one Mm. so it's an opportunity for the industry to do better to look at Mel's already highlighted customer journey customer process where where can you sharpen up where can you make things better and I think for me the 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 largest part is around communication um, and making sure that that customer is kept informed regularly Um, is your post-sale service as good as your pre-sale service very good point Um, I think the in terms of the support um, you know, uh, clubs and networks will be absolutely crucial to this. So at Simply Biz, we provide um, uh, a gap analysis document to encourage uh, firms to question each sort of different stage of their process, that a pre-sale. Gap analysis. Yes. Yeah, so, um, you, uh, well, you better expand on uh, that. So um, asks a series of questions, both on that initial engagement, on the advice process, okay. on the, uh, the, the communication pre and post sale right. and and would encourage a firm really to just poke a stick at the processes and journey that they have to Mel's point Great. and 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 are they doing enough could they do better yeah it's all good stuff what about vulnerable customers how, how do you deal with those or how do you identify those? Very good question, actually. And I think how you just said then, how do you identify? Because what does vulnerable mean? Mm. And within um, whether they're a lender or a broker, it's first of all, how are you capturing that information to start with? But then before that is how do you define what it is that's actually vulnerable about that customer? And there's lots of challenges out there. It's saying, well, should we be defining a list? Should we be looking at what all those different vulnerabilities are? It's not just about whether somebody can um, maybe looking at whether they need it in Braille or something like that. It's actually what about the customer themselves? Are they vulnerable because of the change in market? Is it because, you know, interest rates are going higher, so affordability is being stretched? Could that be clustered as a vulnerable customer? So... I think we need to be looking at what do we class as a vulnerable customer? How do we capture that? And how do you then look at future customers? Could be absolutely fine recording this, but what about all those customers that you've got in your back book? Yes, yes. How do you deal with that? that you and may have given advice during a difficult time but know, also how over do you, the last few years. And also how do you know that they're vulnerable or not? And getting really sec- looking at those customers and what do we do going forward with that there's a lot of good stuff going on it sounds like a lot of good stuff what, what, what are you hearing back from brokers what what do they, do they have they got concerns about it so I, th- I think particularly on the vulnerable customers piece right. um i think most brokers um probably take the approach that we don't have any vulnerable customers 
to that point, I would challenge that. Um, you know, if you look at the last three years, the experience we've all gone through from COVID to cost of living, I think we've all probably felt vulnerable at some point. Agreed. Um, and it's something that anybody can slip in or out of, you know, whether that be bereavement, relationship mm-hmm. breakdown, complexity in the market. Um, so for, for me, um, that is probably one of the biggest challenging areas because it's, it's a change in mindset um, to actually uh, take the approach that um, not... I haven't got any vulnerable customers to every customer is potentially, potentially. vulnerable. Yeah. Um, how you question that is really tough because you're not going to sit in front of someone and say, are no. you vulnerable? No. And if I ask that of you, you'd probably say, no, absolutely, no, absolutely not. not. And most people wouldn't. <laughs> um, so I think for me, it's it's about that gauging of understanding and, and um, it's probably more about confidence. And again, if you take that um, market complexity that we deal with now, probably the better question to ask is given all the complexity, how confident are you making a financial decision against this backdrop? And there I think you might get a very different answer. And you can gauge, you know, by someone's understanding, by what they know about the interest rate climate as to how much of a level you have to give context and quantify different things. Um, I think the other area that most people have really um, grappled with is on fees Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, this is a professional industry. It's a professional industry where brokers have provided a wonderful service uh, mm-hmm. to their customers. So um, for many, it is appropriate to charge a fee. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's about how you approach having a consistent approach across your business so that if if you as a client were speaking to Mel, mm. you got a similar uh, approach to if you as a client were speaking to me within the same business, you, know, you can't have outliers within the business. Mm. Um, uh, every customer should have the same experience. same experience. And there can be variance on fees. That's, that, that's fine. But it needs to be documented and justified. Okay. Okay. I think the other area that brokers are concerned about is more the smaller firms. It's thinking how much work is this going to be in order to meet the requirements for consumer duty? So as we mentioned before, you know, you've got mortgage clubs that are there to support um, brokers in that um, from a compliance perspective, but also to offer their um, services when it comes to, well, we need to do this and this is our gap in our business. We could help support yeah. that. Um, yeah. Second of all, thinking about where do they start? You've probably got brokers sitting there going, I've done nothing at all about this. Where do I start? Yeah, and that's daunting. where... You should have started. <laughs> yeah, it should have started, but yeah. it's never too late, is it? Yes. So it's never too late to make that next step sure. now. So, and, and this is where we're talking to the brokers now and saying, what have you done? Because um, when you come to do your PI renewal, as an example, yeah. I've heard from various brokers that they're actually asking for what is your plan on consumer duty? Okay. So, and that that's a big thing, really. So when you do your PI renewal, you don't want to be hit with a hefty um, renewal because you haven't done anything. I, I think the big thing that most brokers won't be doing is um, the recording and analysis. You know, and they'll probably all have a, um, a system, a new business register that, so they can plan their business, they can organize around their clients, yeah. but are they then looking at what happens post-sale? Are they reviewing, if they've got 10 advisors, yeah. are they analyzing whether there's any outliers on advice? Yes. Um, you know, back to the complexity of the interest rate piece. If you've got one advisor who's doing something markedly different to everybody else, yeah. are they assessing and looking at that? Um, so I think that's that analysis piece is really, really important. And MI and data will be crucial to this. And then you're going to have two different types of brokers, whether they lean on technology or they don't. 
What happens if if things aren't in place by the end of July? What then happens if, if people aren't up to speed? Well, I think there will be an element of um, of learning uh, as as we go as, yeah. an, as, a, as an industry. Yeah. Um, you know, we're starting to have conversations with lenders who are issuing their own um, uh, guidance because this affects obviously lenders as well as uh, as well as brokers. Yeah. Um, I think this really sort of goes back to the, the 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 point that we discussed earlier, though, is if you're doing nothing, you, yeah. you, you're doing it wrong. Yes. Um, so you know, have have uh, I think Mel used the words consumer duty champion within your business, some someone who is absorbing this, who is actually um, uh, making sure that you can demonstrate that you're doing something. And okay. I think there um, there are there are little things that firms could tweak. You know, re- really really good example is is the non-earning advice that you give to people you know those daily conversations and uh you know the trust work the the clarification on products you know, keep keep a record of that um because they're probably not at the moment and that's a, yes. a, a small little tweak okay. but they can demonstrate they've made to ensure that the consumer has more support and more understanding which you know ticks a box on two of those rules can we just um, finish off with some practical tips for brokers? They've had a really busy time of things, but if, if, if there's a couple of things that you would recommend they're doing right now, today, to get on top of consumer duty, what, what would it be? So I think that's about looking at their journey, as we've talked about, you know, from your sales practice, how you uh, distribute products. You know, are you uh, doing things um, over the telephone? Are you, uh, are you doing it in writing? Um, the fees that you charge? Um Beyond that, how you evidence good com- uh, customer outcomes? Um, you know, how are you following up? Uh, do you have a review process? Um, and then what you do post-sale uh, and, and feedback uh, to customers. So that okay. continual staying in touch, um, uh, nudging um, when there's a need to readdress something. So it's about sort of um, documenting the advice that you're giving along the way. Is that, was that fair, Melanie? Anything to add to that? Yeah, looking at the gaps that you have, and there could be some simple quick wins, um, looking at a holistic approach for a customer. So if you don't offer protection today, could you offer a referral process instead? So we're not saying that, you know, you have to change the way that you work. Mm. It's giving that customer more options and making sure that they they do receive the best possible advice and outcome. Well, thanks to you both. Very grateful for you coming on, on the podcast. It, it seems to me that it's good news for everybody, this consumer. Good good for the consumers, good for the brokers, good for the lenders. Everybody wins out of this, but everybody needs to come on board. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And we're all in it together. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That was Melanie Spencer of Finova and Richard Merritt of Simply Biz. The views expressed by external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Barclays. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Insider. I'm Phil Spencer, and this has been a Fresh Air production for Barclays. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.